Realizing he had millions of dollars at his disposal that he owned the rights to, and he was just living in self-imposed poverty. We talked about that's how the Christian life often is. Many of us are we're supposed to be living this awesome life, this abundant life, and and yet we're just kind of we're living spiritually puny, scrawny, impoverished lives because we don't know any better. We don't know that we have we're sitting on the reservoir of all God's resources. You know the. Often the oil in the New Testament, in the Bible, is referred to as the Holy Spirit. You know, we have all God's resources at our at our availability. The rights as children of God, everything that He has, we have. You know, and and so we have to keep that in mind as we're going on with our days. If we want to live this life, we just have to remember that. Um, one of the verses here that uh, I think relates to that is it says, uh, "Read it together here." Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And there's just a real relying on God that's required to live in step with the Holy Spirit. To live that supernatural life, you'll be brought to a situation that requires something beyond what you have, beyond what you can produce on your own efforts. And you have two choices there. You know, you can, um, in some ways, you can just come up to a situation and go, I give up, I can't do that. Or you can try to do it in your own strength, find out you still can't do that. Or you can give up and ask God to bring to bear whatever you need in that situation. And, and that has to happen all the time. You know, there's different areas when we're facing temptations. You know, there's a verse here, uh, this First Corinthians 1 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Just any temptation that you face, maybe you're trying to go, I know I shouldn't take that step, but I really want to, I'm really tempted to. Well, God says that there's a way out. One of His resources for you in any situation is a way out. And now sometimes you might learn down the road that maybe the way out, the best way out is to not 
go into that situation in the first place. But if you find yourself in it, he said, hey, there's a way out. Um, other things to think about is God has everything needed to meet your needs. Some of you probably know this promise here. Um, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And God has something to meet every one of the needs that you will find before you. It's a need for love, a need for uh, granting forgiveness, or a need for humbling yourself uh, and giving forgiveness, a need for whatever it is. He's got all that you need. Uh, I love that the verse in the psalm that just talks about God's ocean of grace, you know, and it's just good to remember that whatever your need is, or if you take your to-do list right now, whatever burdens you have before you, and put them all together in one big, you know, conglomeration, think of it as just, it's just a drop in the infinite ocean of grace that God has for you. That's how big your need is compared to His resources. Do you know that's what's backing you? God and all His infinite power and love and uh, to accomplish whatever is before you, whatever you need to do for Him. Other things to think about is that maybe you're witnessing this week. You're going to get out. You're going to try to share your faith. And He's promised directly that um, when you're filled with the Spirit that, you know, Acts 1.8 you know, says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and in Denver, Colorado. You've got power that you need to witness and it's at your disposal and you might have to access it like we talked about last week by asking for it, which requires your humility, which requires um, you know, confessing your need, admitting your weakness. Um, this one, Paul was just in, in the habit of this often. You know, he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And when we're going out throughout our, our day and trying to keep in step with God's Spirit, we just have to Realize that we need to come to the end of ourselves. You need to figure out, you know, I am weak. I can't do this. And and it's not just talking about I'm weak and then I'm strong. It's like when you're weak in and of yourself and you rely on God, then you are strong. And I'm just going to read this passage here from the Living Bible and see how Paul puts it. You know, some of these verses I've, I've been reading in another translation because I have become familiar with these verses. And, you know, when you're familiar with something, you really um, it's hard to obey it. It's hard to... Um, Put it into action like you should. Sometimes we can get crusty with those things we're familiar with. But I love how it says this. Somebody might know the, the passage where Paul's got a thorn in his flesh and he's saying, God, take this away from me. Take this away from me. And it goes on to say, um, each time he said, no, but I am with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. And then Paul goes on to say, now I'm glad to boast about how weak I am. And I'm glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities, uh, instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Since I know it is all for Christ's good, I'm quite happy about the thorn and about insults and hardships, persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The less I have, the more I depend on Him. You know, we just need to have that attitude of relying on, on Him to come through for us, admitting that we can't do it, we can't bring it about. You know, I'm... I think, again, when it comes to this abundant life, there's really a couple options. One is just that, hey, this is this is too much. The bar is just too high. I cannot do it. Uh, and we just kind of punt on it. There's a real apathy there. The other is, okay, the bar is high. Supernatural things, right choices all the time, everything, all my ducks in a row. We try to do it in the strength of man. You know you know what's another, thing, another name for a person who tries to do everything in human effort as best as they can without God's Spirit? You know what they call a person like that? They call them a Mormon. 
A Mormon is trying to live the best they possibly can, all their ducks in a row, doing as, as much as they can on the strength of man. And, and sometimes we tend to, we, we can bag the Mormons and say their doctrine is way off. Sometimes we live like Mormons, just trying to do the best we can in our own personality, our own strength, our own giftedness, our own wiring. And that's not the supernatural life either. That's just living the best a man can. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life as it was supposed to be. And, and that has to do with give, coming to the end of yourself when you go, you know, I can't do this. I can't keep these ducks in a row. I can't obey that command. I, I can't. And, and asking God to help us because He can. You know, and that's where Paul comes in and says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And we've got to catch that relying on God and His resources there. Paul did. Paul experienced this life. We're going to have to um, rely on God if we want to do the same here. So, um, the last thing we're going to look at here is just you want to walk in the Spirit, you have to um, be filled with the Word of God. You know, and this one might be, this might be like, uh, oh, well, duh, you know, got to have the Bible in my life, got to have quiet times. But I think there's some, there's more important things to it than just that. I'm going to read this verse together here. Um, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Can I have that verse up there? Okay. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. It talks about letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, the rest of this passage here, does it sound familiar at all from anywhere? Um, sing songs, hymns, spiritual songs, giving thanks in your heart to God. Anyone, does that ring a bell? What, what was that from? What does that also follow? Anyone, anyone? Nice and loud. It's the, the passage we talked about last week about being filled with the Spirit. We just read it this morning, but it says, don't be drunk on wine, be filled with the Spirit. And basically it goes through this almost identical list. Hey, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Give thanks to the Father always in the name of the Son. And you know what? The, the results that are to occur after being filled with God's Word and being filled with God's Spirit, you know the description is of the same sort of life. And if you want to live a Spirit-filled life, you must live a Word-filled life. You must be filled, nourished. God's Word must be in you and, and being lived out in you, dwelling in you. And otherwise, we can't live this life as well. This is a key step, being filled with the Word of God if you want to keep in, in step, walking in the Spirit here. And, um, so, you know, just a, a few reasons of why. You know, I think we all know that God's Word is good for us. It's all the above. But just a few more explanations on that. You know, one is, that you'll know your resources that you have. You know, as you read the Bible, you find out all that God has in store for you, things that maybe you hadn't thought about or maybe you're not thinking about at the time. Um, you know, I imagine this guy that was this rancher out in Texas. What if he was just uh, putzing around his library and he pulled out this thing of documents, deeds and stuff like that, and in there he finds a few notes that say, hey, by the way, um, you know, here's a geological survey that says you're sitting on a huge amount of oil. You know, what if you just happen to be flipping through there and go, whoa, that's, that's good to know. Or the previous owner said, hey, by the way, I know we just raised sheep on this place, but, you know, so-and-so said there's a huge amount of oil on your land. Um, that would be good to know, wouldn't it? Well, if the, if the guy would have known that, uh, Mr. Yates, uh, if he'd have known that in advance, I have a feeling he would have got living a different life sooner than when these other guys showed up and asked to test for him. And the same is true in your life. You need to be... In the words, you can know all that God has for you. And you, you know, it's not a surprise usually when you have something you're in need of and you're in your quiet times, God can speak to you right into that need if you're honest with Him about it there and stuff like that. Another thing is, um, you know, you can know 
what pleases Him. There's this verse here, Ephesians um, 5.10, that just talks about, the same verse that talks about being filled with the Spirit, but it says, um, find out what pleases God. You're in this relationship with Him. You're trying to decide between the flesh and the Spirit. Well, find out more about what pleases God. And you can do that through the Word. You know, I remember a time um, with my wife where we were just starting our our relationship. We were just starting to date. And somewhere early on, she um, she gave me this notebook, like this journal of her, all her, her pouring out her heart, her thoughts about me, her thoughts in her relationship with God and our relationship and her hopes for our future. And she just was pouring it all out. And she gave it to me. And you know... I had not dated for years. I had not been in a relationship since I became a Christian. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is like gold. This is amazing. This is a... and, and I learned some things about her and about what made her tick and what pleased her and what was on her heart. And it, it gave me insight that I could apply to our relationship. The very same thing is true about this word. You can find out what pleases your Savior, the lover of your soul, and you can apply it into your relationship. And when you're having your same old quiet time, look for how you can please Him more and how you can apply that to your walk. And, um, you know, one of the things, that, one of the verses I remember, uh, one of the first things that comes to mind when I think of what pleases God, there's a, a verse in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 that says, And this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. You know what pleases the Holy Spirit? What pleases the Lord your Savior? That every person would be saved and come into a knowledge of the truth. When you're out taking your steps day by day, you bump into someone who does not know the Lord, you can bet for sure that God has an interest. It would please Him to see that person saved and come to the truth. And you have, you're a messenger of that truth, you know. Um, but know what pleases Him. Another thing you need to, you know, it's fuel for your relationship with God. You know, in some ways I've heard it said before, like, you want to be filled with the, the Spirit. It's kind of like you're this sailboat and you, you pray and you throw up your sail and you ask God to fill it and, you know, the reality, the way God answers that in a lot of ways is that you're filled with His Word and His Word becomes the wind in your sails and your relationship with His Word is what's going to fuel you. If you just wake up every day and say, God, fill me, you know, you may have some motion in your life. You may move forward and you may just be stuck and there's no wind blowing because there's nothing coming out of your relationship with God's Word and you need to make sure it's fueling you. I love this verse, you know. We thank God continually because... When you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the Word of man, but as it actually is, the Word of God, which is at work in you who believe. When you expose yourself to God's Word, you just have to believe that it's going to work on you. It's going to move your sailboat forward as, as He fills your sail with, with His wind and the, the things, the fuel from His Word there. The last one, um, let's see, think about here is just this... Uh, you need to feed your faith. This whole thing, walking in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, this whole life is contingent upon your faith. Having a, a heart that's trusting God, a heart that's believing Him for His promises. And it's so easy to get a crusty heart and that leads to the, the impoverished Christian life, the, the normal Christian experience in this day and age. And we need to have a heart that is full of faith, that's believing God and trusting Him. And uh, this verse here, I think you put it down in Romans 10, 17, it just says, So... Then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And you want to increase your faith, you need to be filled with God's Word. And you'll, you'll have more promises that you're meditating on and trusting God for. You'll, you'll know Him more, trust Him more. Um, but you have to use this Word to feel it. You know, I, I think I shared recently in a siren just the thought that uh, 
Uh, I think sometimes in, in this day and age, some people can be a lot more concerned about their physical health, their, what they eat and their exercise. Are they keeping in shape? Are they eating the right foods? Are they avoiding fatty foods or whatever it is? And um, we can be a lot more concerned about our physical nutrition and wellness than we are our spiritual nutrition and wellness. You know, I think about, there's probably no one in this room who just wakes up and goes, you know, I want to eat at McDonald's three times today and snack there in between. You know, um, I never saw that movie Super Size Me or whatever it's called. But, uh, you know, could you just imagine if you went on a diet of eating, you know, uh, five hash browns for breakfast, fries and Big Mac for lunch, or you get healthy and you get one of those snack wraps with a Big Mac inside it they have nowadays. Um, but imagine just eating McDonald's all day long. But the good news is you take a multivitamin early in the day. You know, to get you that vitamin C, that protein, that whatever else you need. But um, most of us would look at that diet and that regimen and go, that is just dumb. Who would ever feed themselves on just fatty junk like that? But then if you turn it around and you look at your spiritual diet and look at what you're feeding your soul on, you, you might find out your diet and your wellness is a lot more like someone who's living off of McDonald's supersized meals. Fatty stuff, you know, pop culture, junk and garbage and opinions, opinions opinions.com and your favorite whatever news source, your favorite person who talks gossip, you know, whatever it is. But you got your daily quiet time, right? You got your supplement in there. That's nice. And you're going to have a pathetic, uh, you know, life of scurvy or something like that when it comes to spiritually trying to live for God. And we just have to watch out for that. Most of us have a quiet time. Some of you, you know, maybe it's a... You have your Faith Walker's devotion. It's like uh, popping a vitamin C and then you get your multivitamin out with your one-year Bible. And then you're on the rest of your day and you, you could probably, sometimes I, I would say it's probably true that you can measure in minutes the amount of time we sit sitting, sitting still at the Lord's feet, nourishing ourselves on His Word. And I, I'm afraid to say that if we measure the amount of media and web and news and everything else we take in, you could probably measure that in hours in a day. And we wonder, why am I not living the abundant life? Why am I afraid to, to step out in faith? Well, Because my faith is weak, it's puny, it's malnourished. And we need to be men and women who are feeding on the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And, and we just have to, we all know that, we've all been taught about that, but unless we do that, you will not experience this life that's described here in the Scriptures. And my hope is that every one of us would experience this, that we would um, be able to be connected to God through our faith in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in step with Him and in a life that's overflowing with God, uh, a supernatural life. And um, I want to close this time just by asking you a question here. Is, um, how many of you think that you could walk out of here and walk in step with the Spirit continually for the rest of your life? How many of you think you could step out of here and walk continually, in step, never out of step with the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life. Anyone raise your hand? Yeah, me neither. Um, I read a, a story from Herschel Martindale, and he was, uh, he was writing about a conversation between a pastor and uh, maybe a student or something like that. The, the person he was writing about was Mark Darling. And Mark Darling was having this conversation. Some of you heard of Mark Darling before? Some of you, a, few of you, a couple of you related to him, I think. So, But... Um, but he's, you know, I don't know when this book was written and when this conversation happened, but Mark was talking to someone about walking in the Spirit. And, he's, and this person is just kind of like, walk in the Spirit continually for the rest of my life? Uh, no way. You know, I give up. 
And, and Martha's like, well, you think you could walk in the Spirit for a year? Just continually for a year? No. Um, you think you could walk in the Spirit? How about for a month? No. Um, you think you could walk in the Spirit for a week? Just continually for a week? No. Um, how about for a day? Do you think you could pull it off for a day? And the person was like, no, I don't think so. Um, and then finally it's like, you think you could walk in the Spirit for one hour? And they said, you know, I think I could do that. And so then Mark turned to them and said, so walk in the Spirit continually, uh, walk in the Spirit for one hour continually for the rest of your life. One hour at a time. Just one hour at a time. One hour at a time for the rest of your life. And if you can walk in the Spirit for an hour, you can walk in the Spirit for the rest of your life and it will live, you will live a radically different life than you can ever imagine. And, and if you can't do it for an hour, drop the number down to five minutes and apply the same principles there. You know, um, but anyways, let's go ahead and pray and uh, call, it a, call it a morning here. Uh, well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for, um, for the life that you have promised us. You said you came for an abundant life, not a life that was impoverished or a life that was just lacking and weak. Lord, you didn't say it would be a financially prosperous life, but you said it would be an abundant life, a supernatural life, a life like you lived. Lord, I pray for each one of us, one that we would have the desire to live that life, to believe that it's possible, that you aren't just throwing out there a mean promise that could never happen. Lord, I pray you'd help us to apply your truth of walking in the Spirit. God, help us to be filled with the Spirit, yielding our lives to you. Help us to be in step with you, pleasing you and not grieving you in our choices. Lord, God, I pray that... um, you would help us just to be men and women who are um, letting your word dwell in us richly. And also, Lord, that we're relying on your resources, God, that we're trusting you for everything that you have. There's nothing before us that we'll ever face that's bigger than you or what you have uh, to meet that need. And God, help us just to be men and women who know that from your word, who are filled with faith, who are not malnourished, Lord God. We ask for your help in all of this. I pray that you bless the mission team while they're here this week. Help them to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you have good works prepared for them in advance to walk into and to give you the glory for. And we just ask for your protection and your guidance this week. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us this morning and hope you have a great week.